Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Schrader catches a seam. Cody Schrader is gone. Touchdown, Mizzou! And the sensational season for Schrader continues. Play clock counting down as Cook tries to adjust protection. They run option to the short side of the field, but it doesn't matter with Schrader. And he keeps his footing down to the 25. A star is born at Mizzou this year, and his name is Cody Schrader. Cook. There you go. Nice pitch and catch to Burden, who breaks free. Luther Burden III, 1,000-yard receiver this year, did it in this game. Cook going to take it himself, and Cook, that second surge, yes! Touchdown, Mizzou! Cook, wide open, and Burden again! And fighting for extra yardage as Luther Burden a third. Ball's loose. Ball is loose. Mizzou's got it. Christian Williams with the fumble recovery. Bad exchange between the backup quarterback and the running back. And Christian Williams gets it. And the Oregon transfer, Christian Williams, Johnny on the spot, coming up with a massive Massive play. The biggest of the game so far for Missouri. Play action. Cook. It's going to go down to Weiss. And Theo Weiss, he is a speedster who gets free. Down the sideline he goes. M-I-Z. What a turnaround for M-I-Z. It'll be a top 10 tumble if he doesn't get it. Fourth down. Gotta have it, and he gets it! Luther Burden a third, and not only that, but they're in range to win it. No timeouts for Mizzou. And they're officially right now in Mevis' field goal rank. Remember, he hit a 61-yarder to beat K-State. Now they're at the 40. That would be a 58-yarder. Cook trying to shorten that distance, and the clock will stop with the completion to Miller with the ball on the 29-yard line, well in range of the sensational Harrison Mevis. The thicker kicker will get the drama ending he wants. 30-yard attempt by Mevis. And Mevis drills it. 33-31. Missouri retakes the lead. Mevis, what a sensational career he's had. 
And Max Brown needs a whole lot of magic here. And they don't get that initial one completed, and zeros are across the board. And Brady Cook and Schrader and that offense, they got the thicker kicker in position, and the fireworks are going off on senior night. Mizzou has win number nine. And then a throw it. Slant. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. Now Cook's going to throw the deep ball. And Burton's past the defense. Touchdown, Luther Burton. 47 yards. To place. Kick is up. It is. Yes. Now the walk-off winner from 61. Harrison Venus. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, we are coming to you after the Missouri matchup against the Florida Gators. Senior night, the number nine in the country, Missouri Tigers, defeated the Gators 33-31. to And they made it look as tough as possible. <laughs> Yeah, say not for lack of trying to lose. Yeah, but uh, it also didn't help that when we we scored like three touchdowns and it only counted as one uh, at one point in the game, and not even was, one. We ended up getting a field goal out of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, it uh, does seem like when Missouri struggles, they this has not been the first time where we're like, how many times have we had to punch this motherfucker in? I don't <laughs> know, like how many times like Luther Burton got like downed at the one. And then when you look at the replay, he was clearly across the fucking like not in this game, but like Luther Burton has scored touchdowns that haven't counted. <laughs> we, when we're struggling, we have to score three touchdowns for every one touchdown that gets on the score. Well, Burton dropped that, that, that ricochet pass, which was one of the most athletic, crazy. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't seen. say he dropped it. That's not fair to Luther Burton. He, no, what I mean is, is like he, he didn't bring it all the way in, but I mean, like, it was an incredible. If he would have caught that for a touchdown, play of the fucking year, like, insane. Like, he did a oh. couple things in this game that made me go, holy shit, you can see why he's five stars. You can see why he is like, he caught that one pass from Cook where he's like running down the sideline and Cook put a little too much air underneath it. And the fucking safety gets there, rise the ball, does, and he bounces off Burden's midsection like a BB. And Bird just runs for another 20 yards, and it's like, good God, he's just a mm. big physical. Like, and he's not a huge guy, but just sturdy and faster and stronger than everybody else. Catches everything, can't be tackled. Yeah, he, it, I tweeted out, and I know this is a debatable topic, so people were back and forth on it a lot. I'm glad they were. But I said, I'm going to say right now, Luther Burden may just be the most talented player Missouri's ever had in a uniform. There are a lot of talented players that have come across – the Tigers over the years. I mean, I think Jeremy Macklin was a lot of people were mentioning him. God damn, he was good. But Luther Burden, guys like Macklin and Luther Burden, they're just on another level and you see it every fucking week where it's just like, yeah. if the ball's near them, they're going to catch it. And if there's a ta- single one-on-one tackle, they're going to bust out of it. They're just, they're going to make plays. And he just did. I don't know, but maybe it's recency bias, but it sounds right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I well, agree. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I mean, what are we supposed to measure him up against pitching Paul Christman from 1948? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. Luther Burden's fucking good now. 
and uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to the the best play he had later. But yeah, the Tigers started out pretty well, but they couldn't close out drives. They were settling for field goals early. The first half, Missouri looked like a better team than Florida. It reminded me of the first half of the Tennessee game where we looked like the better team. We just didn't bust out to a big enough lead. And I was well, hoping and- that it was going to go like the Tennessee game, but it did not. No, and it, the difference, the big difference between this game and the Tennessee game was our defense. Mm. Our defense tackled poorly. We were, we were badly down at linebacker, and it showed because they were in that read option shit. And it mm. had, I mean, our linebackers were like, they just, they didn't understand. They're like, what is, what are they doing now? Is this some sort of magic trick? Like, yeah, they have no idea doing? who got the ball. They're, yeah, they're going to the sidelines being like, those guys, I, whatever they're doing, I think it's illegal. They they make the they make I look like their balls going one way and then goes another. I don't. You should check with the officials. No, it's like when you throw. It's like when you fake throw a tennis ball to a Labrador. <laughs> yeah, that was our linebackers. Yeah, and the and our defensive line. God, they let a couple of sacks just slip right through their fingers. Like it yeah. was just a not a very good defensive effort. Well, because Tiger, our defensive line wasn't getting home very quick. God, our back end wasn't was having to cover for a long time. They were getting roasted. It was just if our defense pummeled. Florida the way they did Tennessee, we would have eventually, you know, done the same sort of inevitable crushing. But we just couldn't stop their offense. Well, and one player, especially on a defense, so rarely is like such a huge difference maker. But the absence of Tyrant Hopper, one, yeah, you know he wanted to be in this game. Florida is where he transferred from. Well, again, what we always talk about, what's the most important thing? Recruiting. You know why? Because what's the most important thing? Athletes. You take a guy like Hopper off the field, who's going to end up playing on Sundays, you you see the difference immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about it to me the day of the game. Like, we can remember those days where we had Jamon Moore, who was our best receiver, you know, and a couple, and Colkin and all these other guys. And it's like, I just, and you felt like Mizzou was just good for like a half dozen drops a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you've got this premier talent in Weiss and Burden and Mookie Cooper. And Norfleet and like everybody catches the ball. Yeah. And like drops are rare. And not only does Luther Burden catch the ball, but he catches it in triple coverage, fucking going, <laughs> falling to the ground after a ball gets tipped. Like it's insane. And it's just like, oh, it's the Jimmys and Joes, man. Yeah. It's not the X's and O's. It's the Jimmys and fucking Joes. Like, you know, this is, I don't know how much Kirby Moore changed this offense. I mean, obviously it's not what it was, but part of it, like even when I said back then, when Drinkwitz was running those stupid screen bubble screens and all that shit constantly, it's like, maybe this is just what we have on the roster right now. Maybe this is just what we are. I chalked it up to Cook being unable to throw the deep ball. And maybe it was just he didn't have anybody to throw it to. I don't know. But our offense is, is certainly changed. It's, it's In a way, it's an indictment of uh, Drink's play calling to a greater degree, even though he's you know proven himself to be a better coach this year than I'd certainly given him credit for uh, the fact that his offense was so stagnant before, and now with the weapons he's got in place, they're doing so many things. I mean, it makes – imagine a quarterback I, – I hate to say imagine a different quarterback than Brady Cook because Brady Cook has maximized what he's had, you know, and, and look at where we are. We're This is one of the best seasons that I can remember as a Mizzou fan, you know, like well, and Brady, 2007, 2013 forward. are the top seasons. You know, we were in the SEC – championship game and we've been in big 12 championship games we're not going to be in a championship game but if we beat arkansas we're going to be a 10 win season in the regular season go to a new year's six bowl it's right up there with one of the best seasons and so 
I mean, you tip your cap to Brady Cook, and you talk about him being limited, but you're like, are you not that fucking limited? Well, he's a good college quarterback. I mean, I think there's arm strength issues that'll probably keep him from playing at any other level, but he is plenty good at this level, and he's. I, I love the fact that he runs the football, mm-hmm. but it's it's no mystery why Mizzou's doing this. I mean, look at their roster compared to other years. You've got Ennis Rakestraw and Abrams Drain on the outside. Carlisle is a fucking stud. Norwood, who's your like third cornerback, is good. Tyron Hoppers, literally Sunday talent. Robinson and Walker Jr. are legit D linemen. You know Ch- what I mean? Like Chad got Bailey's talent. out for the year, but he was damn good. And that's we hadn't yeah, mentioned we him being gone. But all three levels. Then you go over the offense. You've got a freshman tight end who's doing great things. You've got a really good offensive line who's really started to gel towards the end of the season. Brady Cook is a legitimate grade-A quarterback in college. Luther Burden is, I don't want to hear an argument, he's the best fucking wide receiver in the country. Theo Weiss is probably top five in the fucking conference. Cody Schrader, I mean, fucking Cody Schrader leads the, the SEC in rushing, and it ain't close. He went on the Pat McAfee show, and I hate pat mcafee but i watched cody schrader and of course he was humble and mm-hmm. said all the coach speak stuff but part of me was to be like cody schrader just go on there and be like hey what's up sbc my name's cody schrader but you could call me king fucking kong because i own your goddamn conference <laughs> and i just would i would love for him to give him a little of that because he has been a fucking absolute stud but like there's just talent all over the field and that's what i i went on that show with uh, those guys from florida and that's basically i kept telling them like listen this is not your this is not the the Mizzou team you're accustomed to. I mean, there's talent all over this field right now. Well, and and you're talking about how good Cody Schrader is. Nate Pete got like one or two snaps in this game and fucking maximized it. Like I, Nate Pete is the best unused number two rusher. <laughs> we, I mean, yeah. he's he's our backup, and I'd be perfectly happy with Nate Pete running the football. And I'm thrilled that Cody Schrader has become what he has become. You're right. We've got talent everywhere. Uh, And this, it just snuck up on me on how good this team is. I couldn't be more happy. I mean, you know how down I was on everybody. I mean, so many sound bites of me looking like a fucking fool at the beginning of the season, happy about it, you know, like just an absolute fool. And you, Colin, I said eight wins and beat Tennessee. <laughs> Those are the two things I really want to drink. What's to do to jump on the bandwagon? Well, now we're at nine wins and we beat Tennessee and we just beat Florida. So like, what more does drink have to do to win me back? Because he's done everything I asked and more. The one thing I'll say about this Florida game is I, you know, I was talking to you, I've talked to you and both you and Caleb and you're kind of having this feeling that like the shoe's going to drop, like this is the kind of game that Mizzou loses. Mm-hmm. And we get our hopes up or whatever. Yeah, well, we had two high-energy games, you know, Georgia and Tennessee, and then we got this game where we're favored by 11. It's a perfect trap game. It's a trap! Yeah, I just I just felt good about this team, and I was like, no, this team's better than what we're used to. Like, this is not this is not your your daddy's Mizzou team. Like, this is different. And, I, you know, when I'm talking about players, talent all over the field, let's not forget the thicker kicker. And then... On this final drive, Brady Cook answers the bell, and I think you brought it up on Twitter, does something, like, checks the last box on the, like, resume for Mount Rushmore Mizzou quarterbacks and and leads this game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. Like, I was like, well, this makes sense because this is who we are this year. We're not the flea kicker team. Yes. You know, Tyus Edney is not going to start playing cornerback for the Florida Gators. Like, we are, we're going to do this. There was a point, the only point that I really, in that last drive, that I was really like, well, this is it. We lost this game. 
was fourth and 17 because it's fourth and 17 and we don't have any timeouts left. There's like 38 seconds left on the clock and Brady Cook's been great, but he's still, you know, he doesn't zip it like Pat Mahomes did, although Pat Mahomes lost in the same situation. And I, I just was like, the odds are not in our favor. And then of course he fucking found his best receiver wide open. I mean, open enough and got it where he needed to go. But other than that, I thought we were able to move the ball, but it was just the defense was giving it up so bad that I did. It, it had the hallmarks of a fucking crushing Mizzou defeat. There, I guarantee you, we get these voicemails. They're all chronological. We're going to hear some Mizzou blues before that last <laughs> well, Mevis field goal I'll say goes this in. About that throw that he made, that fourth and seventeen throw. There were a lot of defenders around. And I don't think that is a throw that Cook even attempts if it's not fourth and 17. You know, and it's not that it was a bad decision. You know, he was open. He just wasn't that open. And I kind of hope it gives Cook to, you know, push things a little bit more sometimes because I do feel like he can get a little bit gun shy about kind of letting her rip. And probably because he's had some problems with interceptions of late. But I was like, God, Brady. That throw is there throughout the game. It's just a throw you're not comfortable making when you're trying to basically manage the game and keep your team in it. You don't want to put the ball at risk. And I get it. And I appreciate it. It's part of what makes you a good quarterback. But man, you just did a fourth and 17 throw. Like Luther Burden is a fucking football vacuum. Like continue to do that. Continue to push that ball down the field, especially in the middle of the field. We we put so much emphasis on the outside, but... Mizzou never used college football in general just doesn't use the middle of the field enough. Yeah. Everything's to the outside. Part of, I think my trepidation going into that final drive to Colin was we know against LSU in somewhat similar situations, Brady cook puked down his shoes. You know what I mean? Like he made terrible interceptions and terrible throws and, and the lights seemed too bright. He seemed incredibly confident on that final drive and uh, did exactly what was needed. So he, I, I, there's another thing I'd said there. He did the one thing that was left on his resume for this season. The only thing that, the only box he hadn't checked yet, which was marching his team down the field for a game winning drive. And he did that. Missouri was the better team and they ended up with the win because of it, because they did what winning teams need to do when they're not playing their best football. And Mevis, by the way, I don't know if you were – I mean, it's hard not to bite your nails when you're a Mizzou fan and you're relying on a last-second kick, obviously. But yeah, Mavis, no kidding. Mavis walked out there. I mean, if you weren't having, like, flashbacks of South Carolina 2013, uh, you're probably just not old enough. But, but from, like, whatever, the 11-yard line with Mavis, yeah. honestly, and I know he's missed close kicks. I was just like – I just felt like, nope, this is this – is, this team has been forged in the crucible of four years – of, of taking it on the fucking chin. Like all the shit that Mevis is the ups and down Mevis has gone through is for this kick. And I just had complete confidence in him. I'm like, this is, he's a senior man. He is just a fucking machine from 50 yards. Like this is, he's got this. Oh. I don't know. I've never, it's hard for me to have felt this confident. I felt confident in going into this game. I, I, I did. I even had some optimism with fourth and 17. Like I am, I think I've just become a straight up Homer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm just buying yeah. I'm buying it all. Like, it's all going to work out great. Well, you were talking, I was watching the Chiefs tonight, and the Chiefs didn't get it done, and they dropped the pass that they needed to catch. And I was surprised because the Chiefs, over the last two or three years, have been a team that they just always make that throw and they always get that catch. And Mizzou has sort of become the team yep. that you expect to get it done. 
And yeah, the Chiefs got a Jimmy's and Joe's problem. Yeah, it's true. But uh, Mevis walked out there, and you know, I saw him like talking to his um, holder, and they were just like, it looked like two guys out there doing business, and they had a vibe. You know what I mean? Like they were mm-hmm. they were out there to get a job done, and they were like ready to do it, and they weren't fucking pressured, and they just fucking kicked it right to the middle, and yeah, it was done and game over, and just pack your bags. Should we talk about how bad the officiating was? Because I know Tennessee has spent the better part of two weeks crying about well, officiating. I mean, we will never stand on the officiating. And yeah. you can't tackle as poorly as Mizzou did and blame anybody but yourselves. But having said all of that, uh, the officiating was pretty bad. It yeah. Was, that, that, that Johnny, when they try to get Johnny Walker Jr. for targeting because yeah. that diving slide elbow incidentally like, ran into him. Nobody. Nobody hit the fucking guy. Like, what a crock of shit. Oh, and I saw Florida fans tweeting out that he should be thrown in jail. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. It was. Yeah. Uh, well, and then there was one play where Luther Burden was just getting molested and there was no oh, flag. God. And what I was really ultimately getting yeah, tackled at, before the ball got there, which is if newsflash guys, if you're not really, you know up to it in football like that's illegal you can't do that yeah that's what they call pass interference um and then what i was ultimately getting that column was the fact that there was they put one second back on the clock because the refs just couldn't handle that florida was going to get beat in this game i guess and then so they threw so we had to have one more meaningless play and march everybody back out off the field for this ridiculous scenario where they put one second back on uh friend I said this since we made the transition to the SEC. It's the officiating is worse than the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's terrible. Like I complained about the Big Twelve officiating while we were there, but I can say now, having watched a substantial amount of football in two conferences, the SEC is worse. Yeah, it's it's fucking bad. And but I will say this about bad officiating, and right now I'm really speaking to Tennessee fans more than I am Missouri fans. People don't realize how difficult it is for an official to actually change the outcome of a game because when teams lose and the officiating is bad, they bellyache so bad like the officials stole a win from them. Officials can make bad calls, and no doubt officials can make calls that influence how a game goes, but it's really tough for one bad call or even like five bad calls to actually change the outcome of the game. If Missouri lost that game, it wasn't because of bad officiating. It was because of bad defense. Like that, yes. they just let Florida run down their throats. And as many bad calls as we got, it wasn't the officials who were going to lose Missouri that game. It was the defense. But fortunately, none of that had to happen because our offense had huge erect penises. <laughs> <laughs> they were quite erect. It was a great ending. I mean, I was talking to, to Twink Caleb about it today, and I said, you know, that that was intense and that was cool. I prefer the Tennessee, Missouri, you know, like drubbing. Yeah, you know, I'll yeah. take drubbings all day. Like, sure, that wild finish gets a gets us on the news, and everybody's like, wow, what a final drive, and it's such a uh, a crescendo to these guys' career at Mizzou, but. Fuck that. Just beat everybody by 30. God, See, it must be nice to be an Alabama fan or a Georgia fan where that's basically what you do week in and week out. But apparently it's not. You get mad that you didn't win by 40. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But yeah, no, I, I agree. But even what I've noticed about myself is even the Tennessee game, 
when we're up by a ton of points. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of things that could go wrong yet. You know, there's still eight. There's still eight minutes on the clock. We're only up by 22. You know how, um, you know how the Mizzou blue vaccine works, Brendan. They give you a little bit of the Mizzou blues uh-huh. to stop the Mizzou blues. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why you, that's why even when you're up by 20 against Tennessee, there's a, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, you they can still lose. They can still find a way. Yeah. You get a little fever for 24 hours before <laughs> yeah. it goes away. But, you know, whether it's us up big against Tennessee or us nearly losing to Florida, I'm going to be biting my nails no matter what until the fucking clock goes to zero. And even then, when we're against Florida, you get to add another second onto the clock. So it's uh, a lot of nail biting. But at hey, the end, yeah. Let's hear those voicemails. Is it time? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear what other people are. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about our Mizzou Blues. I'm thinking yeah. about the emotions I had during this game, and I'm so curious about the fans' reaction. Yeah, I am too. But I do want to just finish this segment off by celebrating the fact that we have nine wins on the year, and we're going up against an Arkansas team that, again, we're in the same situation with Florida. We should beat, but they probably this is their Super Bowl, as we all know, and. Sure. Uh, Anyway, but we're looking at the 10-win season, and that's fucking amazing. We just never saw that coming. Our best guesses were eight wins, and we've exceeded it by a ton. So it's pop the cork time. You know, it's it's a great year. And on that note, I think we will. Moving along to the uh, voicemail segment after the break, this is the Mazotcast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. back and it was an up and down game against florida lots of highs lots of lows and we want to hear it all from you so let's open up the mazodcast mailbag here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to wail what's up guys it's carolina jackpot coming at you look um, it's very apparent from the sideline shots this afternoon that Josh Heupel listens to the Mazodcast, or at least it was fed to him, spoon-fed, baby, as it should be, because he's cleaned up a little bit, shaved himself into a goatee, probably uses those old uh, Tim Pag <laughs> plastic cheap-ass Gillette. But, hey, anyway, um, on another note, you guys got to beat the fuck out of Florida tonight. They're a fucking terrible fucking team. They're horrible. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop the special teams. They can't tackle. They can't do fucking much of anything. Uh, their coach is a nimrod and doesn't know what he's fucking doing. That's about all I got to say about that. Oh, yeah, and by the way, uh, my team lost to them because, uh, yeah, coach is much the same. But anyway, M-I-Z-Z-O, man, yeah. Jackpot segment. Let's fucking go. Fourth quarter. Missouri's going to lock it down. Let's go Schrader. Let's go Burden. Let's go, I mean, 
who would have thought at the beginning of the season we would we would be called let's fucking go. <laughs> this thing kind of petered out at the end. Yeah, so talking's hard, Brennan. Talking's hard. Don't we know it? You you think you're gonna call the show and you're gonna know just what to say, and it's all gonna come out fluid, and then you do it and it's a big jumbled mess. That's right. And then you end up speaking a different language and uh <laughs> joining a weird church. That's right. Jesus Christ. I haven't been this nervous since my last court date. We need to win the fourth quarter. MIC. Yeah, Colin just reminds me, we didn't ever talk about the uh, Theo Weiss fucking screen pass that he ran 77 yards for a touchdown. And I thought, oh, there's the game right there. And then our defense fucking let him back in. But holy yeah. shit, what an important touchdown. Yeah, well, they got that fumble and they immediately turn it into points. You're yeah. like, oh, here's where we take over. Yeah. Here's, like, where the, here's where the floodgates open. And it's one of those things. It's like, well, I kind of feel bad we took out your starting quarterback, but uh, I'll take the uh, fumbled snap. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. I had to step out to pick up my 11-year-old daughter from a birthday party. And, Theo, we let's go. Fourth quarter, MIC. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. Fuck you, Florida. I hope you fucking drown when climate change happens. You fucking deserve <laughs> it. God, I hate you. MIC. Yeah. Oh, climate change. Get them. I'm going to go into the kitchen. Make up some beautiful butter biscuits and pancakes and smother them in all kinds of delicious syrup. I'm going to deliver them to Harrison Nevis myself, rub them all over that vivacious body, and lick this syrup out of his asshole, you sexy motherfucker. Good lord. Good lord. He made that analogy <laughs> very detailed. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen. It's Matt from Charleston, South Carolina. I'd like you to go back and replay, because I'm the hanger-on that you guys called me after the Middle Tennessee State game when I called in. Yeah, I want you to go back and just replay that on the next show, and then come live, and just feel free to apologize and just tell me that I was right. You guys were gratefully wrong, and it's been one fucking hell of a season. <laughs> M-I-Z. All right, I'll do that. I'll pull that up. Well, Brittany, I don't know. Should we do that or should we just cut this completely out? Because, you know, that way nobody has to know we were wrong. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but the great thing is no one's going to listen to old episodes. So uh, we <laughs> thought Mizzou was going to be good all year long, and we have nothing to apologize about. And we've been <laughs> Eli Drinkwitz and Brady Cook's biggest boosters from day one. <laughs> Yeah, we have no idea what this guy's talking about. He's purely crazy. Yeah, and if uh, Colin, if actually, if I recall, this guy, I think I remember him well, Matt from Charleston, he kept trying to tell us that Brady Cook wasn't very good and he was limited and that Eli Drink was, <laughs> was kind of a stupid coach. And I said, hey, 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 Matt from Charleston, not so fast. Mizzou is a 10-win team in the making. That's, That's the way I remember it. Amen, brother. Fifth down, flea kicker. So many memorable games that Mizzou has lost over our, our program's history. Finally get one, go our way. Fourth and 17. Going to be something remembered for a long time. Miva showed up. Burden showed up. Cook showed up when we needed them the most. Uh, need to start getting into cigarettes because that took about five years off my life. But fuck yeah, big win. M-I-Z. And uh, let's fry some bacon next Friday. <laughs> Amen. That was an ugly win, but I guess... I'll take it how we can Keith, get it. But man, I died. Hey, Keith. It's always some kind of games that you just feel like we're about to get massooed. 
<laughs> every time Florida got the ball, it just felt like we were about to just lose. It didn't. It had a weird vibe. It was just off. But I'm glad we won. So yeah, and for the sake of this route, let's go with Keith because that was pretty cool. <laughs> All right, thank you, Keith. Yeah, let's have a little Keith sweat. That's right. We'll put Keith sweat underneath you every time we call. Yes, let's start doing that, please. <laughs> he gets a Keith Sweat bed every time we have the last voicemail. There, there could be worse things. I am fairly certain now that Florida does not belong in the SEC. Oh, yeah, for sure. Kick him out right with Tennessee. And I don't know that Arkansas is going to stay either. <laughs> it's going to be a rough year for some teams. Yeah, it's going to be a smaller SEC. Smaller, leaner. I like it. RC, not to go over here. Jesus Christ, what a game. I have to go through my Twitter feed and delete like about a hundred uh, tweets right now, uh, cleaning up some stuff that I said earlier. But the rest tonight, they're not, the rest tonight, they shouldn't even be in charge of the next Florida Tennessee circle jerk. And I hope every single one of them tonight spends time shoving dildos up each other's twats. They were terrible. Anytime somebody says, I hope every one of them, I'm like, oh, God, don't say <laughs> don't say what you might be going to say. Bring on Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks and those voluptuous titties. Fourth and 17, are you kidding me? Did that just happen? My wife's hot take on this game was, why is the host of The Bachelor on this broadcast? I love you so much, honey. Time for the whiskey dick. M-I-Z. <laughs> I think the... Uh bearing the lead here that a uh, woman married you. <laughs> yeah. I was the dumb fuck who called two weeks ago and said Brady Cook wasn't it while sitting in Sanford Field. And God damn it, am I so happy to be wrong. Brady Cook might be the guy. Look at our schedule next year. Brady Cook might be a playoff quarterback. I'm so fucking excited. M-I-Z. <laughs> Colin, I don't know if you've seen this. A lot of people lamenting the fact that we're going to be a top 10 team this year the year before the playoffs get expanded to 12 teams yeah well and like i said i mean i feel like that's i'm just i'm in homer mode right now but i feel like hey guys if this is a if this is a a permanent change of residence you know maybe that it's maybe we don't have to wait 20 years for it to happen you know maybe you know drink was continues to recruit well you know why could i mean we're losing a lot this off season it would be hard to imagine us having another season like this and a back-to-back year, but hey, who knows? Yeah, transfer portal's open. I am not fart guy, but I did shit my pants tonight. <laughs> this is if I'm if I've got my tally right, calling the third caller to tell us at some point that they have shit their pants during a Missouri game. Well, Burton, I think the demographics show that we have a pretty high lunatic population sure. in our uh, listener base. Sure, um, you know. A lot of people in asylums listen to this show, so I feel like it all makes sense. <laughs> IBS, brother. Hey, boys, just calling in after the game, and all I want to say is, fuck Florida. They can suck this tiger dick. Billy <laughs> Napier looks like a fucking penis, and the grapes are going to be sour. M-I-Z. The grapes really aren't that sour, sadly to say. Um Florida was down, you know what I mean? Like Florida did not expect to win this game. So you didn't have the Tennessee levels of uh, vitriol. Yeah, that's the recipe for the best sour grapes is when 
when they think you're not going to beat them and they think yeah. you're a you know, an afterthought and then you derail their season. That's when the grapes get sour. Yeah, these sour grapes are more just like, well, you should have beat us by 30 and you beat us by one. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just wanted to be known that on uh, July 26th of 2023, that Carrington Harrison, that uh, profound AM radio host in Kansas City, said that, quote, Missouri needs to take the cue from Colorado and go back home. That age like milk on a fucking radiator. M-I-Z. Don't give for a those fuck of you who don't know, the Carrington Harrison is a douchebag in Kansas City who was a, who demands respect for being a third wheel on an AM radio station and says, it's like sort of, I don't know, you know, says crazy things to get a reaction out of people. Like that's a whole, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's its own whole like career path. Now let's just say things that we know probably aren't true, but just are wild and crazy and will get people stirred up for engagement. It's basically called it's called Skip Bayless disease. <laughs> I, there's a technical name for it, but it's sort of like Lou Gehrig's disease. Like if you suffer from this, where you say insane things you know aren't true just to rile people up, it's called Skip Bayless disease. I think this you know plenty it. of people with it. A one A Clay Travis. You know when <laughs> so, when guys are saying things that you know they don't actually believe just because they're feeding crazy people. That's that's the Skip Bayless effect. Stephen A. Smith has got it pretty bad. Some people even call Stephen A. Smith call it Stephen A. Smith's disease, but it's Skip Bayless disease. In Europe, I think it's called the Stephen A. Smith disease. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on where you're at. I wanted to call back and uh, thank Smart Guy for calling me sexy last time. Uh, it really means a lot coming from a celebrity like him. You know, I think he just puts the work in week in and week out. And he's uh, you know, really, really put the work in for the name that's on the front of the jersey, not the name that's on the back. And I, I respect the shit out of him for that. Uh, I also wanted to shout out uh, Frank for getting caught, say, yelling fuck on national television again. We love that energy from him. Uh, you know, anytime a nerd says fuck, it just makes my heart warm. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Fart guy getting more love. I'm, the, I'm telling you, Brennan, I, if uh, there was some way we could translate fart guy to Twitter, I mean, I think he could be as big as Brett Sarver in no time. <laughs> I mean, he's, his popularity on this podcast alone has just skyrocketed well, he's from got, moment one. got fart charisma that a lot of people don't, <laughs> can only dream of. Yeah, that's right. Brennan, I don't know what it is, but he's got it. <laughs> Good morning, fellas. It is a beautiful Sunday here in God's country. I just want to check in. This is JD, and I uh, just want to let you know that I am extremely impressed with uh, the performance last night. Now, we, we, you know, we had a little bit of hiccups there, here and there, but come back and uh, that motherfucker Brady Cook, man. Hell, if I was, uh, if I, if I was into men, and uh, you know, and I and I was a lot younger, hell, I'd want to fuck the guy. I mean, the dude took the team <laughs> all the way down. I mean, I'm talking about. Who said anything about right fucking him, JD? Rest. Had to have the field goal. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking burden comes through again. Uh, very impressive. Like I said, man, uh, 10 and 2. I, next week, you know, I hope we fucking lay 70 up in Arkansas's ass. I just do. and uh, I just can't stand a man. Fuck the hogs. Um, <laughs> this was your anyway, team, JD. <laughs> uh, today's my 18-year wedding anniversary. Uh, I'm going to give me some uh, wild rose because me and the wife likes fine wine. We're going to take them. Uh, we're going to go to McDonald's and uh, oh, well. we're going to eat. And then I'm going to come back and uh, I'm gonna, hopefully I'm going to get lucky tonight so that's my plans i hope you guys have a wonderful afternoon and uh, we'll catch you later god god bless m-i-z 
Happy anniversary. I do want to say, Colin, I'm currently sucking down some uh, Johnny Walker blue courtesy of JD, who generously sent us a fucking really nice package. Johnny Walker blue. And it is fucking delicious. It's too good for me. Better than I deserve. And really, I, mean, I feel like he's throwing down the gauntlet to the rest of the listeners. Why aren't you sending us liquor? Yeah, we like free stuff. Jeez, guys. <laughs> yeah. Quit being such cheap pricks. Yeah, this uh, bottle's not going to last forever, and I need more liquor. But yeah, congrats on the anniversary, JD, and I uh, hope you uh, hope you ended up having some sex. Fart guy reporting for duty. Thanks again for that fart love shown by that sexy, tasty caller last week. At first, this game versus Florida left me a bit constipated for words. I mean, they won, and by two, uh, my lucky number. Uh, so that was great. <laughs> but they also looked like they were trying to hold in a pussy fart for the entire game. And then I remembered something that JFK once said. His quote verbatim, This game, this game was one small fart for a man, one giant shart for mankind. And then I smiled. Fart guy out. <laughs> uh, he brings the heat every week. I, I yeah. never heard uh, that uh, Kennedy said anything like that. But uh, Oh, you haven't? I thought it was one of no, the most famous no, quotes. I, it's no. like something an astronaut said once. But, yeah, uh, no, um, no, that was Kennedy. I remember specifically <laughs> that very quote was like on a poster oh, okay. in my third grade my classroom. Yeah, that was, I mean, yeah. I think... Noel definitely oh, learned that in social studies. I remember those posters because there was one in one of my classrooms that said, um, anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, that was Lincoln. I, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no. I appreciate Fart Guy bringing some, a little history lesson as well uh, yep. to the show. Educational. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like right. I said, he's got it, Brennan. <laughs> it, whatever it is, he's got it. Hey, it's, uh, it's Sunday night. It's late and you guys probably already – recorded the show and nah. done with voicemails and nah. I might just be talking to Colin and Colin's brother. <laughs> That's who I am. Colin's brother. Holy shit. It took me this long to decompress from whatever the fuck that was last night. And it's a thing where I just, I assumed we lost for like four hours after the game because I'm so used to those things going down in a way that, you know, Mizzou loses. I'm not used to, a uh, fourth and 17 being converted. I'm not used to a team getting kind of punched in the mouth late and, and recovering. Like we, the game ends and we won and I, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. It was wild. This team is special. Cody Schrader's special. Brady Cook has a tough heart and he's also special. Luther Burden is fucking him. I'm so happy. He is I, him. He I'm is so him. happy. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's a weird feeling when you've had the Mizzou Blues for so long, but yeah. uh, but you got to deal like, with it. <laughs> it's like um, you've been slowly dying of HIV for years, <laughs> and finally they come up with a cure before it turns into full-blown AIDS. Sure, it's exactly like that. Oh, on that note. <laughs> what is this many like, rage-filled early voicemails about officials and things like that as i thought there might be i feel the same way and maybe it's my fault maybe i didn't get the i was so like into the game i did not send out the uh the phone number I, 
I don't think, I think that people are just like less reactionary because they're like, they trust this team more. Like, oh, mm. there's no point in calling in the second quarter because this team will still win it. And they're like, there's no point in calling in the third quarter because we don't know how this, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a, I think it belies confidence of the, of the fan base. That doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, Colin. Well, why don't we move it along to Around the Horn with the SEC? We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Loves football. All right, Colin, would you fire up the Paul Feinbot for us? Sweet, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. All right, thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. So let's get into what happened this week, and I think we can blast through this pretty quick because, as you all will likely remember. Most of the SEC took the fucking week off with cupcake nonsense. Uh, like, for instance, Georgia. They took an easy breather by playing Tennessee. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, the number one Georgia Bulldogs took on number 18 Tennessee and had no trouble with them. Tennessee did score the first touchdown, but after that it was all Georgia. 38-10 to 10 was the final, and Georgia's now 11-0 with one more game left on the schedule. Tennessee falls to seven and four. I saw people on Twitter like starting to question whether Hypo is like the guy. And I'm like, uh, probably not. And he'll be gone in two years in all likelihood. But he also has brought you guys a little more success than you've had basically since the entire time we've been in the SEC. So I'm like, I wouldn't jettison him all that quickly. You should be fired. The SEC is crazy, man. I mean, they're like LSU fucking pulls the plug on a guy and won him a national championship. Texas A&M like rips Jimbo Fisher from the fucking head coaching job even though they got 70 million dollars to pay out to him mississippi fucking state who is mississippi fucking state by the way fires this guy after 10 games like they didn't even give him a full season i i think that was the most crazy shit of all like mike leach dies this new guy who i don't even know his fucking name gets hired as the head coach and i'm like just name him the interim if you don't want him to be your coach you, you didn't even give him a single recruiting class you dumb fucks like that is Nutty. The whole conference is nutty. Anyway, let's just plug it along here. Alabama took on Chattanooga 66 to 10. What a laugher. This <laughs> I never understand why the SEC puts these games like a week 11. It's just like it's just like a bye week. I, yeah, I, I'm used to this being like the first three games of the season, not one turd planted in the middle of the punch bowl yeah. in week 12. All the other Power 5 conferences always give shit to the SEC because they won't put nine conference games on their schedule. And this is the week where it's like, yeah, they make a lot of sense because this is bullshit. Ole Miss took on Louisiana Monroe, won easily 35-3. to LSU versus Georgia State, they won 56-14. to Really, it's just a battle of the spreads. Uh, Mississippi State won 41-20. to Against Southern Miss and Texas A and M won thirty eight to ten over Abilene Christian. Arkansas won big forty four to twenty over Florida International. Now this is an interesting one, Colin. This is another buy a win game where Auburn paid for New Mexico State Lobos to come to town so they could get a free win. 
but that didn't happen. You're right about that. No, the Lobos are good this year. Well, and Auburn good. sucks tits. <laughs> they're good enough to whip the shit out of Auburn in Auburn. 31 to 10. I had seen that Auburn had not lost to a non-Power 5 team since 1991, and they had had 84 games against those kinds of teams in the past. Won them all before this New Mexico State game. It was a humiliating, embarrassing loss for Hugh Freeze and his Auburn Tigers. It was a disaster. (laughs) Couldn't happen to a better guy. (laughs) True enough. You know, I root for his failure. That's Hugh Freeze. He's just a rank hypocrite. And I hate that a guy like him can continue to continually be rewarded. He looks absolutely miserable, and he certainly looked miserable after this one. They were um, embarrassed. Nothing, No other way to put it. Uh, Kentucky and South Carolina played as well. This one I was a little upset about. I had Kentucky win in this one. I put a little money on it, and they didn't. They lost 17-14 to 14 in an ugly game in South Carolina. For some reason, South Carolina was super, super up for this game. I guess it was – I mean, they're 5-6. and six. I guess it puts them in the – trajectory where they could be bowl eligible if they win against Clemson, but like Clemson, yeah. yeah, there's not much on the line for South Carolina, but I mean, they got the fucking weird Finnish guy who has, who made sandstorm that stupid, like fucking club remix that South Carolina has embraced. Like it's important. Yep. And they were just like fucking jacked for this game. Mm hmm. And they won by three against a shitty Kentucky team. I mean, South Carolina. Man, I got to admit that, that Sandstorm Carolina thing is pretty cool. I, I mean, that's. Where it's just like. And well, then the lights you know, flash. The lights are flashing and the entire fucking stadium's going berserk. Like, I like it. I wish. I mean, Mizzou's got Mr. Brightside. I, I, they need to bring some sort of special energy for Mr. Brightside. Like, shut the lights off or do something crazy. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I get it. But on the other hand, it's just like, okay, so all you really need for this recipe is like a fucking weird Euro trash guy and somebody at the breaker <laughs> box flipping switches. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, Why isn't everybody doing it? <laughs> and then, of course, our final game was the Missouri-Florida matchup. The night game on ESPN – uh, the Tigers, as we know, won a squeaker 33-31, to going 9-2 and on the year, 5-2 and in the SEC, locking up second place in the East, for sure. Crazy. Uh, let's move forward to next week, when it goes from absolute boring-ass cupcake week to rivalry week. Let's start out with the Egg Bowl on Thursday, Thanksgiving, Ole Miss. Number 13 Ole Miss will be taking on Mississippi State in Starkville. Ole Miss is a ten and a half point favorite. Mississippi State's just so fucking bad, but they obviously want to win this game. They're always get up for the Egg Bowl. I fully expect Ole, Ole Miss is a team that beats up on bad teams, though. Even though I do feel like this, you never know in the Egg Bowl it gets fucking weird. But uh, I think Ole Miss will roll. Yeah, I hope some guy pantomimes a dog taking a whiz in the end zone. Yeah, I think that's that sums up what the Egg Bowl can be. All righty, then uh, Kentucky will be facing number 10 Louisville. Kentucky is 6-5, Louisville's 10-1. Louisville is just a seven-point favorite. Fuck, after watching Kentucky stumble, bumble, fuck through South Carolina, you have to think maybe Louisville will kick the living fuck out of Kentucky. I might take that yeah. game. I don't, I'm not a buyer on Louisville. Yeah, but Kentucky has just had a fucking disaster of a second half of this season. Texas A&M will be heading to LSU. I guess that's their rivalry game 
now. Uh, LSU is number 15 in the country, 8-3. Texas A&M is 7-4. LSU is an 11.5-point favorite at home against A&M without a head coach. LSU kind of turned it around a little bit. They didn't look so great early. Uh, they got the win against us. and I, uh, I don't know why I have a dis- disdain for Texas A&M, but I really do. I kind of hope they get beat bad. Yes, I agree. Part of it is because when we came into the league, everybody's like, yeah, Texas A&M for sure. Uh, but Mizzou, I'm like, and we in the Big 12, we basically owned A&M. And I'm like, why, are, why do they want the team that's worse than us? I don't understand why they're happy about that. Team. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Alabama will be taking on Auburn in the Iron Bowl. This will probably be one of the ugliest Iron Bowls you'll ever watch. It's going to be the primetime game on CBS. Alabama is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they're going to just absolutely sl- – this is an Auburn team that just got beat by fucking New Mexico State. Give me a break. Yeah, no doubt. Tennessee Vandy. Uh, Tennessee's a 27-point favorite. Vandy's fucking terrible, but uh, wouldn't it be great to see Vandy win? I'm literally going to say a prayer for it. Florida will be taking on Florida State. This is interesting because they're now 5-6 and six after the loss to Missouri. And if they want to – get bowl eligible. The Florida Gators are going to have to beat the number four team in the country, Florida State. However, Florida State did lose their starting quarterback. So, But you know, at the same time, so did Florida. Both teams did. I don't know. Florida State's a six-and-a-half point favorite. I, I just have to think that the number four team in the country, even without their starting QB, can beat a lowly Gator squad this year. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, the game before they, they played Mizzou, they didn't look bad. They looked competitive against Mizzou. I mean, um, I think the Gators are better than their record. I think Mizzou didn't play a particularly good game, especially on defense, but I think the Gators are better than their record. The Ga- they certainly look better than Tennessee did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Number one, Georgia will be playing 6-6 six and six unranked Georgia Tech. Georgia is a 24-point favorite. Uh, this one should be a laugher in Atlanta. It's a road game for Georgia, but who fucking cares? They're going to win big. And then Clemson will be coming to South Carolina for their rivalry game. Clemson's a seven-point favorite on the road. Clemson's seven and four this year. South Carolina's five and six. I think Carolina is really hoping to beat a bad Clemson team this year. It's certainly a year where you can take advantage of Clemson, but I don't think they can do it. They're just too terrible. You don't think they can beat Clemson, huh? No, I don't. I don't think South Carolina can beat. I mean. Kentucky's terrible. They barely beat them. South Carolina sucks. I mean, they fucking suck. Their coach sucks. Sorry, Jackpot, but South Carolina this year fucking sucks. <laughs> and Clemson's not good. No, I don't, I don't think I don't think uh, Carolina can can win this one. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I just know Clemson's really bad. So that, uh, they I, are, I, but I, I mean, so is South Carolina. Well, I know, but I just like I don't feel like I've seen. I've seen South Carolina. I know they're bad, and I've heard that Clemson's bad, but I'd be lying if I said I, watched, I had watched a moment of Clemson football well, this year. I'm going out on a limb and saying Clemson wins. Missouri, number nine in the country, will be taking on Arkansas in Fayetteville. The Tigers are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Missouri, nine and two. Arkansas is four and seven. Interesting component of this game, I think, Colin, is the fact that Sam Pittman was basically the, the athletic director, so they are keeping Sam Pittman through the end of the season and the next season. Don't talk about replacing Sam Pittman. He's here to stay. Then they're 4-7, and seven, so they have no hopes of making a bowl game. The only thing this team has to play for is just their hatred of Missouri and the fact that this isn't a rivalry, and they don't want it to be a rivalry. And we beat them every year and embarrass them, and they want revenge. So I don't know. Arkansas, I think they can hurt. I mean, they're four and seven. 
But they do things that uh, can scare a team. And I think Missouri's going to have to play better football than they did against Florida. I think they're not. And I, honestly, in a way, I think winning close to Florida will help this team. Because I think clobbering the shit out of Tennessee, you can start to like the smell of your own farts a little bit. But Florida giving them a game, a Florida team that shouldn't have been close, giving them quite a game, I think is a good reminder that you can't fucking take anything for granted and you can't fall asleep at the switch. I think, uh, especially you know, when you're nine and two, and obviously Mizzou's looking at that uh, January first bowl, and it's a big season. I mean, it gives it gives Arkansas something to play for. You know, hey, let's derail Mizzou's season. Sure. You know, let's let's honestly, you know, I mean, they, I think Arkansas is going to give a better effort to a nine and two Mizzou team than they would a you know a five and four team. Mizzou better come ready because it's not like our, I think under normal circumstances, if we were six and whatever, you know what I mean? We had six wins instead of nine. Arkansas may, you know, say, oh, we've given up on the season. We're trash and we know it. <laughs> but because Mizzou gets, has nine wins, we're like, hey, something to play for. We haven't, anything to, we haven't had anything to play for in weeks. Yeah, that's it's, and it is true. I, I think Missouri is going to be ready for them. And uh, it's a big deal to get the uh, – Get that 10th win on the season. Get us to New Year's Six Bowl, man. All right, and that will do it for Around the Horn. And this time of year, we always take a little divergence from our usual Kansas news, Colin. I believe it's time for Arkansas news. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns. Arkansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Arkansas News. First story of the day. Man from Arkansas accused of arson, threatening to burn down his grandmother's house. (laughs) That'll show her. Yeah. You may have made mistakes over the years, but have you ever been accused of threatening to burn your grandmother's house down? Colin, have you? No, and what a ridiculous way to start an article. That's right. That's what 25-year-old Kane Rowdy White of Winslow, Arkansas, is accused of doing. Rowdy White. Rowdy White. He goes by Rowdy. He's trying. Kane Rowdy White? Hey. He's like, he was accused of burning his grandma's house down. He goes, what can you do? Rowdy's my middle name. (laughs) What are you going to do? So Kane Rowdy White's his kid name, and they're surprised he's going to burn down his grandma's house. That's right. He is charged with arson. Like the moment he was born, he was doomed to do meth. (laughs) He's charged with arson and first-degree terrorist threatening in Washington County, Arkansas. A 67-year-old woman called deputy saying White, her grandson, threatened to burn the house down in October after she refused to give him a ride. A minor fire later broke out on her porch and was quickly extinguished. (laughs) White's being held on a $25,000 bond. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. This is Arkansas News, baby. Arkansas man jailed for just over an hour after being arrested for shooting and killing several dogs. A 62-year-old Arkansas man spent less than two hours in jail Thursday after he was arrested for shooting several dogs, some of which died, authorities said, sadly. According to... God, he didn't get the job done on some of them? No, he just just maimed dogs. According to the Cleburne County Sheriff, Jeff Chris Brown, John Hunt of Greer's Ferry had been charged with five counts of animal cruelty stemming from a complaint last Tuesday. The complaint received alleged that several dogs had been shot, some of which died leaving others injured. You know what makes me angry about this is like, he shot several dogs. Did they belong to people? Did he do it at a pound? You know, what, what were they his dogs? I mean, 
the level of ineptitude in the reporting. <laughs> and the shooting. Yeah. You know, the maiming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, there was, leaves a lot of questions unanswered for this uh, dog shooter. Arkansas man arrested, accused of driving through a South Carolina nuclear plant, security fences. Uh, no, we're talking. An Arkansas man accused of breaching security fences in the Arkansas Nuclear Station in South Carolina has been found and arrested, authorities confirmed Friday. According to the Pickens County Sheriff's Office, 66-year-old Doyle Wayne Weisenhunt. So many middle names in these. <laughs> um of Locksburg, Arkansas, was arrested Friday evening. He's also wanted for drugs and weapons charges in Arkansas, the sheriff's office said. The authorities said at approximately 3 p.m., deputies found an abandoned silver 2002 Toyota Camry in the woods that they believed to be involved in the Thursday incident. Police said Wisenhunt allegedly abandoned his vehicle at 9 p.m. Thursday and was found hiding from authorities in an abandoned building in the woods. It's unclear why Wisenhunt went to the nuclear plant, at this point in our investigation, we don't have any evidence that this is any type of domestic terrorist event, Crenshaw said during the press briefing. Like, this is just a weird Arkansas fucking a, trash bag. Just a crazy guy. Well, it's he's lucky he's alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those, they don't play at those power plants. No. They're, they've been training for this moment their whole lives. They're, they're kind of yeah. eager to use these fancy weapons they've been issued to protect us. Yeah, they literally, I mean, they have ARs and shotguns and all this stuff. They lit the one in Mo Kane here, Missouri, they've got their own like professional grade shooting range just so their security guards can go out there and blow up you know, Toyota make Camry. Sure sharp at any time. <laughs> Take it out on some Toyota Camrys. Yeah. Um, How did anyone drive anywhere in South Carolina busting through a gate and not get shot? It baffles me. He allegedly drove his Camry through the exit side of the gate at the nuclear station in Seneca, South Carolina. After the vehicle, I mean, if you told me he'd crashed the gates of Berkeley, I'd be like, yeah, he's going to survive that. Sure, yeah. What are they this is do a through? power plant in South Carolina. <laughs> not throwing flowers at him like at Berkeley. After the vehicle struck the pop-up barricades that security at the plant activated, the driver backed the vehicle up and proceeded down a dirt road where Duke Energy Security blocked the vehicle in, according to deputies. The driver then drove through a fence after attempting to hit the security officers. Damn. Deputies said while attempting to exit the facility, he once again attempted to hit a security truck with a guard in it. Wisenhunt then drove into Pickens County and pulled onto a residential property in Jones Mill Road where shots were fired. Officials say that Wisenhunt is facing multiple charges, including trespassing, malicious injury to property, and attempted murder. So great job, yeah. Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in lieu of having a good football team, there are other things to do in that state. Tenants of Benton, Arkansas Mobile Home Park worry about future after giving 30 days to vacate land. The sun isn't really shining at Sunset Lake Mobile Home in Benton, Arkansas, after a landlord terminated their leases. From continuous issues on the property like a lack of water and now being forced from their homes, we went weeks at a time without water and we get threatened that the water will be turned off longer if we say anything, said tenant Jennifer Alloway. Close to 100 tenants received a notice that said the landlord was terminating their lease in 30 days. We don't know what we're going to do, said Alloway. It's very expensive to move a trailer. It's expensive. A lot of places aren't even allowing trailers to be put there anymore. The news brought some tears and left others 
outraged and scrambling to figure out what they will do for shelter. We have to move our home and I have nowhere to put it, said the Pfeiffer family. I'm trying to keep a happy face for my kids, but honestly, I'm worried and anxious inside trying to figure out what I'm going to do. While trying to get answers from management, a guy in the office told us to leave, walked off, and slammed the office door. Then he sped away, something that doesn't come as a surprise to the tenants. He's a slumlord, basically. Yeah, yeah, he runs a trailer park. Of course he's a slumlord. That's the definition of a slumlord. Yeah. With rumors circulating that the property would be turned into a water park, uh, news stations reached out to city officials in Benton to see their involvement in the sale of the land. The city of Benton has no plans or agreement to build a water park around Sunset Lake, said Mayor Tom Farmer. Furthermore, the city was approached by the landowner about the purchase of the property. We agreed on a price with the owner and told the owner that the city is not in the rental or eviction business, and the city would purchase lots as the lots became available. The landowner said that he would give his tenants plenty of time to find a new location and that he would help them relocate. Yeah, right. It sounds great. It sounds like there's definitely going to be a water park where these trailer people live now. And- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, like well, the landlord's basically like, hey, I uh, have a little bit of money. I own, uh, for instance, a trailer park. And I'm guessing you guys can't scrape six nickels together to fight me on this. <laughs> and if you true. could scrape six nickels together, you'd buy a pack of menthols with it. So uh, get the fuck out. That's right. And this water park guaranteed will have brown water that you should not drink. And this has been Arkansas News. All right, Colin. Uh, it's been a wild, wild season. And it's culminating on Friday against Arkansas. Before we uh, make our predictions, I guess we should get to our uh, awards segment. Okay, Colin, let's start things off with the TJMO Douche of the Week. What say you about this week's douche? Well, Brennan, I think we need to bring back something old. Uh, we need to bring it to the forefront of everybody's mind when it comes to douchitude. Oh, yeah? What, what are you, what are you uh, alluding to here, Colin? I'm alluding to... Uh, John Neighbors, written. You know uh-huh. who John Neighbors is? Um, I don't really, but except for you know something that you have tweeted earlier in the week. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know who this asshole is. You'll remember this because he's he's some D level talking head for Arkansas, locked on hogs or whatever you know. And Bull. he made some comment at the beginning of the year, basically that even though Mizzou basically beats Arkansas all the time. Uh, Arkansas is actually better than Missouri. You can play the audio here. Okay, yeah, Colin, send it to me. I love how Arkansas people just completely disregard Mizzou. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I know, I know, because it's because it goes back to the thing where Arkansas is better than them, but they just don't win the game. You know, it's just like you know those years that Ole Miss beat Alabama back to back years. Was Ole Miss a better team than Alabama? Yeah. No, they just it <laughs> just happens, you know, and that's what Alabama it feels like right with now, Missouri. Like, Drinkwitz has not had a winning record. <laughs> That guy's not had a winning record. South Carolina just said the same thing yesterday. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like we lose it, but we shouldn't be. We yes. were the better. T- yes, and like, and, yeah, and no you know, it's, so that's where it's like, it's. I'm putting it as if you put measure both teams on the field, talent wise, all yeah. of that. Arkansas is a better team. They should win the game. So that's games. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's such an ignorant, just just bald face ignorance. Yeah, and and the yeah. kind of also the arrogance based on fucking nothing. Yeah, like we haven't peed a drop since 1993 when we joined this conference. 
Missouri has owned us, but we're definitely better than them. Yeah, and the comparison to Alabama. You remember when oh. Ole Miss beat Alabama? Nobody thought Ole Miss was actually better. Nobody Ole Miss jumped up once and they blew moon and beat you. They didn't beat you like a fucking drum for fucking a decade straight. <laughs> yes, and you're nowhere near fucking Alabama. You're, you don't fit in this comparison. It is ridiculous. What? Oh, it's aggravating just to listen. And honestly, it's worse to see his fucking idiotic, punchable face spew these dumb words out of his dumb mouth. Well, Brennan, I wanted to make him dish the week. Just, and, that, that, and they said that towards the beginning of the season, but I wanted that to be fresh in everybody's mind. So if, you know, the, the stars align and we crush Arkansas, again, that everybody can tweet at him and, and remind him uh, that once again, uh, the worst team won. Yeah, so he is the preemptive TJ Mo douche of the week. All right, well, let's move forward, Colin. And uh, it was a wild game, a, one of the craziest games I feel like I can remember in recent memory that Mizzou won against Florida. A lot of people played a big role in this. Who do you think should be named? Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Theo Weiss had that huge touchdown force where he broke one off. But I think it's going to come down to that last drive, Burden or Cook. I mean, who do you want to give more credit to in that in that circumstance? And I think when you talk about a, a game-winning drive, I mean, most of that credit goes to your quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Because it, honestly, it wasn't just the the fourth and 17. I mean, that is going to be a play and a drive that goes it, – it, it's a historic thing. It's one of those things. In 10 years, you're going to look back and be like, fourth and 17. We know what that means. You know what fifth down means on the negative side? We know what 4th and 17 means on the positive side now. It was a huge play. But what people are going to forget is that he made two more receptions yeah. that got us into that gimme kick range. Rose. The crazy thing to me, Colin, was when Burden caught that pass and it got down and the clock stopped temporarily for the first down, the guys were like, well, there's already in Mevis's range. Mevis has made a 60-yard kick this year. I'm like, yeah, I guess he's technically in his range, but it's a 57 fucking yarder right now. Can we get a few more yeah. rocking yards, you assholes? Yeah, like, shit. shut the fuck up. It's mm -hmm. uh, 57-yard kick right now. Shut up. We're yeah, kind of in his range. Anyway, Cook made those other passes, and, and especially the last one that got his guy out of bounds, set everything up perfectly. It, that was a great drive. It was what Cook needed to do to cement his legacy, and he did it. And I'm... I mean, Luther Burton's wonderful, and he's won a lot of these, and he deserves it every bit as much as anybody else. But I'm giving the sucker to Cook myself. Yep. I'm giving it to the tough heart. Yep. Tough heart. You deserve this. You are the Kirk Fummer's hair player of the game. All right, Colin. It's the time of the show where we make our ridiculous, terrible picks. Missouri's going down to Arkansas. Missouri is the better team. Arkansas's at home. Arkansas's thirsty. What do you got? Oh, 28-16, Mizzou. 16 is a weird number, but I'll take it. All right. I I think we're going to put points on the board. I think we're going to score 38-24 Tigers. All right. I'm excited for it. 10-2 and two is in the uh, – it's well within the realm of possibilities. That's a fantastic season for any Tiger squad. Eli Drinkwitz and company have exceeded expectations. We should all be happy and be celebrating after getting fat on Thanksgiving dinner. We'll be farting it all out Friday while we watch our Tigers play. Here's to them. What a year. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Z-O-U.